0: Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I have a special guest with me. I have Lena Aben. Lena is a practical nutritionist who helps people find their happy weight and create a lifelong habit. So this is exactly what we're going to be chatting about today together. So welcome, Lena, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. Did you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, an introduction, your own journey that you've been on, all of that?
1: Yes, sure. Okay. So very similar to, I'm sure, a lot of people listening, right? You get intrigued by health and fitness and that's kind of like how i i started i was just i had just graduated high school i went to college and i was a year in and i felt like like who am i like what am i doing with my life who am i everyone else seems to like have a thing or have a group and i didn't know what mine was so i started going to the gym i signed up for like a boxing gym and i was like i'm just going to Take boxing classes and figure this out. And it was an annual membership. It was the first thing I'd ever signed up for that was an annual contract. And I was committed to do it for 12 months. Um, At least my bank account was committed to it for 12 months. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. And I jumped right in. And after being able, I guess, after proving to myself that I was able to pick up something so crazy like boxing, right? Even though it's really for every anybody at an entry level. But I was just, wow, this is really cool for me. Like I was never athletic. I would, never saw myself being able to commit to anything or to find a bigger purpose in my life or treat myself kind of like a little bit better than... Some, you know, a girl who just goes shopping or a girl who just blah, 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 like doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. So I just felt like this sense of purpose a little bit mm-hmm. more than what I was used to, a sense of accomplishment. And, you know, when you, the endorphins are true and you work out, you do get that little hit of excitement and happiness. So that was addicting. And then a year in, I was like, what will happen if I do the same thing with food? What will happen if I change my diet? Um, I already feel so good just exercising. So what's going to happen if I pair that with eating less sugar and maybe you know cutting out all dairy? Right, I was fine. I wasn't sick or anything. It wasn't really bothering me. But I, you know, you listen to podcasts, you hear different things, you see the internet, and you just get intrigued. So I was intrigued, and I cut out dairy and sugar for a full year, um, a full twelve months. And again, I didn't have any allergies. I didn't have a significant amount of weight to lose or any at all. It was really just to test myself um, and to see what I was capable of doing. So I did that and it felt really good. That was another 12 months where I was doing something that I just never thought I could do. And I was accomplishing a lot and I felt really proud of myself. And then, uh, then it all went south when I found the bodybuilding community on Instagram and on the internet. And I was like, whoa, look at these people counting their macros, manipulating their bodies, like doing all these crazy things. Maybe I should eat less carbs. Maybe I should eat more protein. Maybe I should look like that. You know, Mm -hmm. and it was the first time I was like really diving deep into manipulating my body through food. Before it was just, what can I do? What can my brain do? What am I capable of accomplishing? And then it was, okay, I need to be better. I need to look like them. I need to strive. I need to cut out more stuff. I need to, again, my body was just not going to be good enough at that point. It was how much could I manipulate it to be better. Um, so that's when the binge and restrict cycle set in, of course, you know, everything else, it's funny because in, in theory, when I think about it, I'm like, why didn't the binge and restrict cycles set in when I cut out dairy and sugar, Right. But it was because the intention behind it was so positive and it had nothing to do with my body or my Mm -hmm. brain. It was well, it had to do with my brain. It was just what what am I capable of? It was just like a total non-judgmental experiment. And it wasn't until I was, I lowered my worth and started manipulating myself more that the binge and restrict cycle set in. It was no longer coming from a how do I make myself better place right? And it was now coming from how do I make myself like them, right? <laughs> like the best of the best. So that's my story. I um, <laughs> ended up changing my major and studying health psychology halfway in because I was like, why can't I eat like a normal person? I need to understand this. Um, dove into nutrition, um, spent a year getting a nutrition certification so that I could, you know, dive into the science of it, but also match that with my health psychology major in college and together I merged them and I've never looked back. And I love helping people build a healthy relationship with food without foregoing, you know, health. Because I think I understand, I understand wanting to find your happy weight. And I don't think there's a problem with that. And I think if, you know, everyone has body autonomy and I think it's best if the people, who have the knowledge, help people find their happy weight versus, you know, not being there to help them. And then they have to go look at Noom or go look at Weight Watchers or go look at the next fad diet. Like I want, I want to be there before they dive in there. (laughs) I want to help them do it in a way that I wish I could have done it from the start.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's just so interesting that shift in your mindset on your journey of taking that approach of, I'm just testing this out, if it works, it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't. Like there was no pressure for anything. Whereas as soon as that pressure came into play, as soon as there was those rules, those restrictions, there became that innate instinct in our bodies to be like, okay, I'm going to do the complete opposite of this. Because at the end of the day, our bodies are not meant to be restricted 24 seven we are not meant to be manipulating them to that degree. And our bodies are so much smarter than we ever actually give them credit for. And we, at the end of the day, we can't really outsmart them. And so as soon as it, Gets this inkling that you are actually really restricting it or you're putting it into this this state where it has to be fight, fight, freeze mode, 24-7, cortisol, stress hormones through the roof. it's going to be like, I'm going to make you think that free 24-7, dream about food, do anything and everything in my power to actually make you eat more food because I hate being in this restricted state, I can't function properly. Cue the overeating, the binge eating, all of that sort of stuff. So it's so interesting how, you know, you went through almost both of those. Different journeys and it just we know the science, but actually having that physical proof to support that science is such a whoa, uh uh-huh, like it makes sense. I know. And you know, when you learn it after the fact too, like
1: you're you're here, you're living it, and then you're like, What's going on? Let me learn about it. You're like, Oh my god, can we just go back in time to before (laughs) (laughs) like you started doing anything crazy? And that's always what I tell, you know, my clients too, because they're like, I just feel like I can never I can never be a normal eater again. I'm like, well, you were, yeah, y'all were right. Before we started this craziness, we were all normal. And if we have these like little habits that we fall back on, you know, as you build new habits, they come kind of Mm -hmm. forward in your brain and then your old habits are in the back, but they're still kind of there. And on hard times, you're still going to want to fall on them. They always say your old habits from when you were a kid, they're further back. They're still there. When you're a little natural, little intuitive eater, right? you just have to remind yourself of them. It's been so long. Absolutely. But, yeah, but it's so crazy what we do to ourselves. So anyone listening, if you if you're not that far gone yet, get help now. Absolutely. <laughs> Learn it the right way now, so that you don't get there
0: so much yeah. easier. Hundred percent. And so I think one thing that's not spoken about enough is this set weight point. And what actually is set weight point? How can people find their set weight point? Like, how can they understand what is actually healthy for their individual body? Yeah, so your set point weight,
1: gosh, there's so many different theories about this, right? Is it real? Is it not? I always say, I feel like we can look at the science and I, I, to an extent, I, I do believe, I do trust it, right? I think the set point weight is real. Think about a time in your life when you had the most normal relationship with food, right? Maybe you were sitting 10 pounds higher than you quote want to sit then what is your goal weight, but it's also not 30 pounds higher than where you're typically comfortable, right? It's somewhere, it's typically somewhere in the middle. It's almost never your thinnest and it's almost never your highest, just sandwiches somewhere on that spectrum. Um, but wherever you felt like I... It was pre-dieting, still an adult, <laughs> in my adult body, but my least amount of adult body stress wasn't impacting when I was eating. Um, And when I walked past the mirror, I wasn't in like a love or hate kind of place. It was kind of neutral because my body was mm. not the first thing on my mind. Think about that time. So you can literally go through year by year in your Google photos, not to compare your body as it is today to what it was before, but to try to identify that peaceful time in your life. Cause we all have one, mm. you know, I know that life is hard sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's hard for longer than we want it to be, but we all have a peaceful moment. And in that peaceful moment, what was your relationship with food? Like what were your habits? Like typically you were moving a little bit, at least maybe you were in a walkable city or something. Um, and What was your, you know, where were you sitting in your body and your weight and your size? And if you were comfortable there, I think that's your set point weight. That's not a very scientific answer. um, But I think it's an individual way for you to look at what's mine instead of playing this guessing game of, I think it might be five pounds lower. I think it might be five pounds lower. I think it might be five pounds lower, or I just, this is just where I sit. It's high and I'm never going to come back down and I'm just big boned Right. That might be, you know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know your body, you know, your body best, but I, you know, that's my opinion on set point weight. I do think set po- your set point and your happy weight, theoretically, I think could be different, right? Because your set point weight, again, it's theory. I think your happy weight can be manipulated a little bit more. I don't know that it should for everybody. Mm. I don't know that that's the best thing for everyone. And that's extremely an individual journey. But I think it, you know, the habits that you can maintain for a lifetime might be different than the habits that I want to maintain for a lifetime. That means you sit lower because of those habits, then that's awesome. But I have a really social, you know, my family is massive and I see them every week and I do want to eat the cake with them. So Mm. I'm never going to sit at my lowest because I allot for a thousand calories of dessert a month, (laughs) you know, or more, I don't know. I have no idea how many calories I allot for dessert a month, Mm. but it's not a little bit because that's an important, I like sharing that experience with my family. Yeah. Um, does that make sense?
0: That answer. Yeah, me? it does. And I think it's important that people ask themselves that ideal weight that they want to get to, where is it actually coming from? You know, what is right. the driving factors to be there? Like you cause what you're saying, you know, that set weight point might be something different to what you feel like is where you, you want your weight to be, but why? And is it dri- driving factors from this pressure that you feel from society to get to the lowest possible way? Do you have this idea that you can only be happy or your self-worth is attached to being the smallest version of yourself? And if that's the case, then there needs to be more work that's done, right? Because that means you're trying to then over manipulate your body to get to that lowest point that it possibly can. Guaranteed your body's going to fight against you to stay down there, which then puts you into this constant state of this yo-yoing up, this yo-yoing down, which has Mm -hmm. so many detrimental impacts on your physical health and also your mental health as well. And so before you ever embark on a journey of weight loss or fat loss, you have to understand the root driving factors of why you want that and if it's coming from a place of pure self-hatred you're going to do it in the wrong way and you're not going to be able to maintain those results right but when it comes from that place of that self-acceptance even if you accept yourself for where you are whilst still working on where you want to get to that's okay like that's that's fine but you are going to take a much different approach to all of your healthy habits coming from that kind of mentality exactly and i always say whatever you do to lose the weight you have to
1: do to keep it off so if you If you lose it through hate, you got to hate your way to keep it off. A lot of people are like, no, no, I'll love my body once I'm there. I'm like, well, if you want to keep it off, you got to hate your body forever. And for me, that's not a value of mine. It's not something I want to do, but if you want to do that, that's okay. And that's something that I think we see a lot, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, if the celebrities can do it, if X, Y, Z can do it, you know, I know this lady who's just, she does it. She just doesn't eat X, Y, Z. I mean, if you want to treat your body and your mind that way forever, go for it. Right. That's I'm no, I'm in no place to tell you not to do that. I don't think we should work together because I don't understand people like that. Right? And <laughs> okay. Sure. Like, I just, I can't relate. That's not where, what I, you know, that's not my approach and that's yeah. fine. Um, but, you know. Yeah. I I, well, I need people to understand that I think you do too that distinction. It's you know what you do to lose it, you gotta do to gain to keep it off. So if you lose with hatred, you gotta hate to keep that off.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's,
1: yeah, a tough jail to put yourself into for the rest of your life. Absolutely
0: awful. It would just be so mentally exhausting and so yeah. shifting your mindset to be able to focus more and guess, on these healthy habits rather than just the number on the scales or the weight side of this mm-hmm. specifically what is your advice around this and how can women actually start to make that shift especially if they come from you know a history with weight watchers or things like that where every week they're hopping on their scales that their self-worth is defined by that number or has been for so long starting to shift away from that can be quite challenging
1: It is challenging, but you know what? Whether you step on the scale or you don't, that's how much you weigh. Right. So let's try to put it away for a little bit, knowing the number is not going to make Mm -hmm. a difference right now. And Mm -hmm. I actually don't want you to see the number for like the first four weeks, at least that you are embarking on building healthy habits, because I don't want it to manipulate your foundational healthy habits. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, it doesn't need to. So let's put the scale away. I'm not saying smash it. I'm not of that. Mm. team. I don't think, you know, you need to smash anything yet. (laughs) Let's just, let's just put it away, lock it up, hold yourself accountable to that. If you make a promise to yourself, keep it. So if you put the scale away, keep that promise to yourself. I'm not touching that for four weeks. And then we can start to build foundational healthy habits. So I always say one habit at a time. Mm -hmm. also different than Weight Watchers, right? Weight Watchers, Noom, anything else, they're gonna say, now your counting points start, right? Or that means you're uprooting every single meal, every meal changes from that point forward. Or if you start going low carb, every meal changes from that point Mm -hmm. forward. I don't want every meal to change right away. I wanna pick one thing to work on first for one week. So maybe that's breakfast, maybe that's lunch, maybe that's dinner, the easiest entry point for you. Most of my clients, that's breakfast because the way you start your day, you know, you're in full control of of the beginning of your day. Once the day starts, it starts to get away from you. Other people's hands start to play in a lot. But let's Mm. say we start with breakfast every morning. That's just, I want a balanced plate. I want 30 grams of protein, want five grams of fiber at a minimum. I want you to like it. I want it to be something you look forward to eating. Like you wake up in the morning and you're like, yum. My oatmeal or yum, like my egg burrito. I love it, right? I want you to be excited. So that's a ingredient. We got protein, we got fiber, we have satisfaction and then some healthy fats, of course. And I I do want a starchy carb in there. Now, a lot of people who like are okay with weight loss say they don't want a starchy carb. I want that fiber source to be a starchy carb because I think mm. that's really important if we have a history of binge eating um, or if we're ever gonna find ourselves in a slight deficit you better have those carbs because if you are in a deficit without carbs, then you are on the train to the <laughs> peanut butter job at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. So we want those things. Uh, I want to do that with one meal. So let's say again, it's breakfast every single day for seven days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you can maintain that for seven days, go ahead and build a new habit on top of that. So now week two, I can add lunch. I can have a, my next goal is balance plate at lunch right? Breakfast is done, dusted. I'm here for it. It's not changing. I love it now. Now I'm going to add on to lunch dinners. I'm just going to, if that's my old habit, that's fine. I will order the pizza. That's what I've been doing for seven years. I'm going to keep doing it, right? That's okay. Do it. We're not uprooting your whole life right away. So then we just continue to build. I always start with a balance plate first. I just think it makes people feel really good, right? To get their blood sugar balanced, to make sure they're eating enough um, to be full for like, Three to five hours, It's something a lot of people haven't experienced before they start having those, you know, solidified meals. So I think it feels good. It just puts a lot of power in people's hands. So I'd like to start there and then we can snowball habits on top of that.
0: Mm, I love that. Laying the foundations and then kind of building upon that. As soon as anything gets too overwhelming, it was too easy to kind of chuck the towel in or take that step back and be like, okay, this is too much. I'm just going to go all that. And that all or nothing mentality can keep people quite stuck in that yo-yoing, whether they're all in or all out. So I think having that really gradual approach can be so, so powerful. And so when it does come to actually setting some of these goals, what is the approach that you can take to set realistic goals that isn't falling into the trap of fad diets or having unrealistic expectations of what you can achieve?
1: Yes. Okay. So that's fair. So that's a great question. So typically within those four weeks of like month one that I work with anybody, um, we're setting foundational healthy habits, right? So now the foundation is built typically in those four weeks, you're going to maintain your weight. There is going to be no change. And your clothes might fit a little better because you're not bloated all the time or whatever it might be, right? We're not binge eating. So our stomach is chill, but other than that, you know, we're not really losing a ton of fat typically within those four weeks. I mean, sometimes someone has, but most of the time Mm -hmm. we're not. Um, but a lot of my clients do come to me and they're like, listen, I know I'm not at my happy weight. I do want the scale to trend down. Like I do want to feel better in my clothes. And I'm like, okay, give it four weeks of foundation. And then by week two, we can start to set realistic goals. I don't put, I know everyone has a number in their head. Mm. I try to tell them erase it. I don't, I don't even, I don't need to know it. I don't ask for it. I don't write it down. You know, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't tell them to give me measurements. Um, At that point forward, it's, we can start using the scale. I always say only step on it the morning before our call so that we can talk about it right away and you're not sitting with it. I don't want anyone sitting with it or stepping on it daily, but we can start to get some data on if we're eating at a maintenance, eating in a surplus or eating in a deficit without counting calories, right? I don't want to dive into calorie counting. I just want visuals of what am I eating? What is it? What does the right portion sizes look like for me? Right am I feeling too full? am I feeling comfortable and how does that affect the scale once a week right right before we hop on a call um so that's kind of how we go we're obviously at the end of the day and I hate saying this because then people think I'll just count my calories, but at the end of the day calories in versus calories out do not take that as I'll just count my calories that's not what I'm saying mm-hmm. I am saying though, we can't ignore that if you have a goal of trending down. So that's how we get the idea without diving into meticulously counting calories, um, to see if we're eating to support our goals or not. And then, you know, all I want to see is that trend down week to week or a maintenance on our crazy weeks, um, on our stressful weeks, on our holiday weeks. You know, I don't care if you maintain for the whole month of December, Mm. dude, maintain You know, that's that's such a cool thing. Right. Because when I was binge eating, I didn't maintain through the month of December. I was on the steady incline all the way up just because I was overeating every day. Right. Or several times a week. So. Mm -hmm. That's how we use the scale at that point and how we manage and look at our goals at that point, it's a very carefully it's with the right headspace and mindset, but with a little bit of logic and, you know, the nutrition science that like, okay, maybe our portion sizes, we can manipulate them a little bit. Maybe, you know, I am getting seconds just because it tasted really good sometimes. And I didn't really need it. Right. We're all human guys. It happens. Um, so yeah, so then we'll work that way. And I will say at about 10 pounds loss, most of my clients start to feel like okay, maybe this is it, right? Like maybe this is my happy weight. I feel so much better in my body. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, And I have had clients obviously lose more, but I don't think it's, I think it's out of having really, it's out of having habits they love that they just do really maintain effortlessly and easily. And that's how their body responds. So that goes back to your set point weight and your happy weight. And your body just kind of leveling out where it's happy Mm -hmm. because it just does, you
0: know. Absolutely. And I feel like this is where the mindset piece comes into play as well throughout the journey. As your mindset starts to shift and change, you start to shift from having maybe this negative view about your body to this neutral ground doesn't have to be positive doesn't have to be negative it's just okay this is just how i am and i accept and maybe appreciate and have this level of um yeah acceptance for my body and respect for my body as well And when confident yeah
1: it's like confidence in those habits that you have that it's like i know for a fact i'm doing everything right for my Mm -hmm. body that it's where it's supposed to be that like to do anything different would just be like for what
0: yeah 100% absolutely and I've had so many clients who have kind of come out of this yo-yo phase and transition and they get to this point where like I honestly could not think of anything worse than going back into any of those restrictive diets or cutting foods out because I just feel so much better like I have energy my digestion is great my gut health has improved I have I can think clearly I can sleep great like their overall health is so much more important than losing an extra five kilos. And this is where that saying of don't waste 95% of your life, only wanting to weigh that 5% less comes into play because our lives, there's so much more to it. And there's so much more that we're meant to be doing than just losing weight and trying to constantly and forever change the way that our bodies work. And so I would love for you to actually touch on this mindset piece and that self-compassion because as we were even chatting before we started recording this, it is such a huge part of the health journey. Yeah. Well, it is. It is
1: the whole part of the journey, right? Wherever you go, your head goes. Sorry, guys. We will follow (laughs) you everywhere. Okay. So it is definitely the most important part. And I always say you're you as a human, every human, we have needs, right? Like you have the need for human connection. You have the need for nature to connect with nature. You have the need for uh, to be alone. You have the need for silence. You have the need Like we have a lot of, you have the need to eat, right? To fuel your body, to move your body, sleep, um, emotional needs that need to be met. Like we have a lot of needs and we do not consider all of them when ever, right? A lot of times we're not taught to consider all of these needs. And so you go to look for it elsewhere. Like you said, what your body wants, it will get, right? Right. So if you need a human connection and you haven't given yourself that for three mm-hmm. days, well, it's going to look for something to fulfill that need. And it's you're not giving it human connection. You're ignoring that, ignoring that, ignoring that, ignoring that. So it's going to go look for, well, I don't know, food is really close. So I'll just grab that, right? And you're in your head, like, why am I eating when I'm not hungry? I'm not restricting anymore. I think this is also like a really big hard part when people kind of make the commitment to stop restricting, but they're still binging. Um, I'm not doing that. So what's going on, but dive into, you know, your headspace in different areas of your life. Like, am I missing that human connection? Am I negative about my job? Am I complaining about everything around me? Do I, Mm -hmm. am I calling my friends um, or do I not think I'm even worthy enough to do that? Right. To pick up the phone and bother quote my friend you're not bothering them but we have to kind of expand the way that we think about our health Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and our body and what our body and our minds need because it needs a lot more than food and sleep it needs food exercise sleep nature family friends like solidarity like or what is that is that the right word when you're alone To be alone right? (laughs) but it needs it needs all of these things it needs stillness it needs silence it needs which we don't give ourselves at all anymore Mm -hmm. no stillness no silence god forbid you sit with yourself for five minutes in this day and age right um your phone is just too close and too easy to grab but we need all these things so i think sometimes you know we think about mindset like and of course I, I do love a mind, good mindset shift. We think about <laughs> mindset as our mindset shifts, but don't forget about giving your body and your brain what it needs first, yeah. right? Like when seriously, when's the last time you just connected with a person in real life? Because mm. um, sometimes it's just all you need and that needs to start to happen on a regular basis. And then your brain won't it won't, it shouldn't be at that point so hard to shift your mindset on different things because you would have fulfilled those needs already. So you're not out searching for it. Does that make sense? Does that answer yeah, your for question?
0: Sure. 100%. And even just like, you know, the small things like self care, even just showing up for yourself and creating that different environment or that different See that you need to be able to then actually shift through the mindset piece as well. What would you yeah. say are some of the most common misconceptions or myths that you do? hear about health and about trying to achieve these type of health
1: goals. I mean obviously the one of the biggest ones is I can't have XYZ if I want to be healthy. Mm. Right? I I can't eat that or I shouldn't I shouldn't eat that. I'm so naughty. I'm so bad. Um erase all of that language. You can literally have whatever you want in the world and be healthy. Think about that quote, naturally healthy person, like that you know we all know her, right? She's never struggled with her relationship with food. She's always eating whatever she wants, but she also loves a good carrot, right? Think about that girl. Um, She does it. Why the heck can't you? Mm. Like, why the heck can't you eat the cookie? If someone else can, so can you. So reframe that. Nothing is bad. Nothing is off limits. I know you hear it all the time here. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably, you follow many people who say the same thing, right? <laughs> but seriously, believe it, own it, trust it. Even the healthiest people in the world eat birthday cake with their child when it's their birthday, mm-hmm. right? Um, even the people who talk so bad about sugar on the internet. I guarantee you if their kid gave them a spoon of ice cream, they would eat that spoon of ice yeah. cream. How do I know that? I listened to a guy on a podcast say it. he was demonizing sugar the whole entire time. One tiny clip, he was like, oh yeah, I will eat a piece of birthday cake with my kid. <laughs> they don't put those little bites on Instagram, guys. You got to listen mm-hmm. to the whole hour, 30 minute podcast. So just a little reminder there. Nothing is off limits. Even the healthiest people in the world have it yeah uh, I would say I would argue the healthiest people in the world have a great balance mm. um but some of the other big misconceptions we hear oh gosh, oh my gosh, everything um i I would think the biggest misconceptions come within yourself like you just you are capable. stop acting like you're not right? Stop telling yourself you're not. I know we've proven to ourselves over and over again by our actions that we are not, but Maybe you're not with food. Maybe that's your heart, right? Mm-hmm. But you have consistency and honesty and keeping promises and loyalty and capability in so many other areas of your life. Mm. You are so much stronger and better than you lead on. You are your biggest misconception, right? That comes from within ourselves, and we just really have to say, you know what? I'm capable of a lot more than I give myself credit for, and i'm I'm gonna act. And I know I hear everyone say it, I know everything I need to do. I just need to do it one step at a time, okay? Absolutely. One week at a time, absolutely. one half at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For you sure. don't need to uproot your life. No, absolutely not. And this is where I always say, if you can't do something for a lifetime, don't even do it for a day because yeah. life is too short to not have the piece of cake, to not enjoy dessert, to not create amazing memories because you've labeled foods or restricted things. That's why I said reasons, so 100%. Now I do have some quick fire questions for you. Please. ready what is one thing that you must do every day to set your day up
1: oh go on a walk
0: mm. eat breakfast yeah I don't know <laughs> <Love it. laughs> I'm Pro not myself rigorous. without a bowl of oatmeal <laughs> yeah, what is one thing everyone can do to improve their life go on a walk yeah clear the mind. go outside Get out nature yeah yeah go stare at the sun
1: go hug a tree literally
0: go outside
1: <laughs> touch the leaves
0: what is your favorite quote and why?
1: Well, it has to be something along the lines of what I always say, which is mm. probably, what do I always say? One habit at a time, one step at a time. Yeah, focus okay. on the next step in front of you. Not the whole staircase. Oh, yeah, exactly. Guys, practical balance. It's my own quote and I'm going to use it. But there's literally a practical balance in every single area of your life. Mm-hmm. this is a terrible answer and i'm sorry i wasn't prepped better but for real there's a practical mm-hmm. balance whether it's you know food or politics or mm-hmm. what house to buy you mm-hmm. know it's never the lowest option it's never the highest it's always a middle ground mm-hmm. it's the same thing with food your body your relationship with food um and whether you eat the pizza or the salad on a friday night right
0: practical balance mm-hmm. I love it. Now, one question that I do love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you are looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or something that you will be most proud of? This could be something that you've already done, or it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: If I could have my membership for the practical path, just be through the roof. Mm. like I just want to see that grow. I want to see I want to see Weight Watchers be scared of a new <laughs> program that's out there of the world changing, you know? Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. I love it. So powerful. changing so many amazing people's lives, which is just absolutely incredible. Did you want to tell the audience if you have anything exciting coming up for them and where the listeners can actually go to find you? Sure, yeah. So you can find me on
1: Instagram and on TikTok
0: and on threads and on YouTube. Definitely.
1: Um You can search Lena Abed on any of them or at practical.nutritionist. Oh, and I'm on Pinterest now too. Um, On those, you'll find kind of like balanced recipes. Everything is going to be like high fiber, high protein and delicious and hopefully easy and accessible um, for everybody all over the world. That's a top priority. Um, You can find me at lenaabednutrition.com. That's where I have like my practical path program. It's a self-paced program where we self-based but we also work in a group setting um coaching mm-hmm. weekly as well um, that's where my heart and soul is that's where I am 24 7 that's you know yeah. where I will
0: lay my bed yes amazing and I'll put all of the links to all of that for easy access for all of the listeners but thank you so much Lena, for coming on today and sharing everything that you have with us it's been such an incredible chat and I hope that it's inspired so many people to end their own cycle of that yo-yo fad dieting and actually start to create some healthy habits that are sustainable for them I hope so too thank you so much for having me on and to everybody
1: listening thank you for listening and giving me a shot
0: (laughs) what an incredible episode today with Lena. I hope that you walking away with some golden nuggets and some inspiration for your own health journey, I would love to hear what your favorite part of today's episode was so as always head over to my instagram which is kj wellness with three s's. And just shoot me through a DM because I am over there and i'm chatting with so many of you already, so I would love to keep that going and keep connecting with every single one of you. You enjoy the rest of the day or the morning and I will chat with you in the next episode very soon bye.